0: Hi everybody! Today I have with me Vidya. She's an engineer, a singer, professional singer, and a speaker. And let's start by hearing Vidya singing an amazing song for us.
1: I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose, far away, far away. Ricochet, take your aim, far away.
0: That was amazing, Vidya. Thank you. Um, I really, really love your voice. Uh, the song is
1: amazing. Can you tell us why you chose this song? This song "Titanium" for me is about is about resilience. It's about saying, no matter how many times you shoot me down, I won't fall because I'm titanium, right? I think, um, unfortunately, um, a lot of situations around us, a lot of events that's happening, you know, be it in tech, outside tech, general, you know, calls for all of us to have a lot of resilience. So I thought, you know, this being a you know, empowerment and Women in Tech show, I thought this would be an app song. It's amazing. It's a great choice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for doing
0: this. It's, it's, uh, I think it's a, it's the first time we have someone singing on the show. Well, I'm honored. and, uh, and it's, uh, It was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the thing I said uh, Vidya is an engineer, speaker, and singer, yes. but it's not the only thing. Yes. Uh, you're also doing so many other things. You're in the board of um, Grace Hopper.
1: i uh, the conference leadership. The conference correct. leadership
0: of Grace Hopper. If you don't know what Grace Hopper is, is the biggest uh, conference for women in tech. No, I don't know if it's in the world or in the US, but kind it's, it's isn't pretty huge. Enough, yeah. It is in the world, yeah. it's huge. Um, you're also a blogger,
1: right? I'm not, I a, uh, not so much a blogger, but I recently started writing for Huffington Post.
0: Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And, and you're a speaker, you speak a lot around the world, and you have a lot of articles about you. It's. An, I don't know from where to start. Is there anything I, I forgot? You're a
1: mom. I'm a mom. Yes, <laughs> most important thing. Yes, <laughs> you're also. I'm a new mom. mom yeah,
0: <laughs> you're new mom. You're juggling all of this. Yeah. Um, let's start by your career. So you're an engineer. How do you define that? What's the team you're working on, hmm. and what are the studies that you've done to become an engineer?
1: I am a program manager at in the OneDrive SharePoint team at Microsoft. Uh, OneDrive SharePoint is a part of. Uh, Office sixty five, which is our, which is the best productivity suite in the world. You know, um, I did my bachelor's in computer science back in India. I came here to do my masters in computer science from uh, NC State University, mm-hmm. and I was a former intern at Microsoft and the Enterprise Content Management team. Um, I liked it so much, loved the culture, loved Microsoft. So I came back as a full-time employee. I recently celebrated my fifth anniversary at Microsoft. Yay. I can't believe it's been so long, but. <laughs> I worked on a variety of services. You know, I worked on shipping SharePoint 2013. I worked on Yammer when Microsoft acquired Yammer. Mm -hmm. I was a part of the team, which was trying to figure out the enterprise social strategy. Then I worked on what is now Office Groups, which is a cross. Collaborative service across spanning, I don't know, five or six different services in 365. You know, I was one of the early members of the team that built groups. Then recently, I shipped what is called SharePoint Home, which is the gateway for the rest of SharePoint, if you will. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's amazing. All, it's all that's been amazing. it's been great. You know, help start coming from a grad school and then working on services that are being used by. Millions and millions of people, and watching it grow. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's been a phenomenal experience so far. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing.
0: How can you tell us a little bit? What would be your advice for someone who starts in at Microsoft or any other company in a technical uh, job? What are the learning that you had from five years at Microsoft now?
1: A lot, actually. That's one of the, that's one of the key topics that I speak about. You know, especially to students. But if you want me to say one thing. I would say- Three things. Let's say top three. 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 Perfect. That's okay. Oh, I gotta, okay. Uh, not in any prioritized order, <laughs> yes. being the PM in me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in no prioritized order. I think the first one would be, uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Right? Uh, you know, this was one of the early advices that I got from my manager when he said, uh, uh, "It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission." Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, I think, especially when you're off a shot of school, it's very easy to get intimidated by all the smart people around us who've been here for five, 10 or 15 years, and kind of, you know, be self-critical, way too self-critical of yourself, to, and don't allow you to even try,
0: you know, forget about
1: making mistakes, right? So right. one would be that. Second would be um, be multi-dimensional.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you are the perfect person for that. Yeah, because
1: when <laughs> I first came to Microsoft, I did get a lot of advice from well wishers, well minded people who said, you know, the first one or two years is like the most important part of your career. You will be judged on a daily basis. So I kind of like shut everything that I did and then try to focus only on my career. I took a house right next to my <laughs> building sixteen. <laughs> so my life was basically waking up in the morning, coming to work, going back home. Sleeping, waking up in the morning, coming to work. So basically, what made
0: you make the change of of coming back and doing the singing and the community?
1: Well, I I was depressed. (laughs) (laughs) I was unhappy. I was doing really well at work, but I still am doing everything that I'm doing. Right. Right. Like I figured because in grad school I was a part of more. I think I was uh, part of the student government, I was a part of the cultural uh, organization for my grad schools. So I was doing a lot of things. I was a Microsoft intern ambassador. Mm. So I was doing all these things, yeah. and then all of a sudden my life just became job 24 work hours home a day, and work and, that's it. and home and nothing else, right? So I think the creative side of me was dying, and I was depressed. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start one by one. I'm just mm. gonna see if I'm, you know, performing the same way. If I'm overperforming, if I'm underperforming at work, and I'm gonna tune it accordingly. Mm-hmm. But I think all of those skills that I get from my creative interests—being mm. singing, being speaking—they translate into my job, my role as a program manager so beautifully mm. that you know I'm, I'm glad I took the step early on. You know, so my second advice would be: be multidimensional. Like whatever your interests are—be dancing, or speaking, or cooking, or blogging, or Making YouTube videos, whatever it is, like don't stop that. Mm-hmm. You you do YouTube videos. You're <laughs> <I> multidimensional <do. laughs> yourself. Come on, I do YouTube
0: videos right? on my free time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have a big following too, right? Kinda. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my third advice would be um, dream big. I guess as cliche as it might sound, because um, a lot of times when I look back and see the journey like I've taken, a lot of it was at one point it sounded crazy when it was in my head. You know, like I never thought I would be on Forbes. Yeah, like, That yeah. was that was not even a dream. <laughs> but at one point, when I looked at uh, the articles of some of my role models, I was like, maybe one day I'll make it there. And the other part of me was like, the impostor me was like, really?
0: Who <laughs> do you think you are? Yeah, right. Because yeah. at
1: that point, it seemed crazy. I'm like, what do I have to offer mm. for mm. Forbes or for right on Huffington Post? Like, mm. they're big names, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so, huge. B- but I still kept dreaming. But what I realized was when you dream big, your dreams kind of convert into thoughts. Your thoughts kind of inspire you to do what is needed, mm. and then your actions kind of design and define your destiny. Right? So, so dream really big, even if all the what is around you and inside you tell, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah.
0: That's, that's really amazing. Um, you, you touched based on the Forbes article on So hard to pronounce. (laughs) Can you tell us what were the articles? And I'll link them also in the description.
1: Yeah, my first article was um, last year when I was pregnant. It was about um, defying stereotypes as a pregnant woman. Yeah, I remember that very well, like the nine nine
0: challenges in nine months or something. Yeah, so basically
1: the inspiration for that, like I think what got the um, writer really interested when we were just chatting was so, but remember, how you are pregnant. You have kids, right? Yeah. So remember how everybody around you tells tells you to take it slow. Yeah. Be careful. Uh, the only thing that is important to you right now is your baby. Yeah. Uh, your life is going to change drastically. You know. So basically, the yeah, way they treat the
0: you like a sick person. Not exactly.
1: <laughs> right. You mm-hmm. you are here producing life, which is, which is better than creating any product or any service. <laughs> right. But the way they treat you is as if you're this. This delicate person who might just break any day, yeah, yeah, and that kind of annoyed me a lot, you know. Like, really, it annoyed <laughs> me. I'm like, just because I'm pregnant and I'm having a life inside me doesn't mean I cannot think yeah. or I cannot do the things that I was doing before, right? So, I, I for example, I went to speak at an event when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and I, I'm petite, so I showed very well. Yeah, yeah. This, and it was raining, but Seattle, come on. Yeah. And the person was like, um, she was sitting in the front row, and she was like, you know, as soon as my talk got over, she was like. Are you sure you should be here doing these things <laughs> when you're this pregnant? It's raining. I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't even know what to wow, s- reply. Oh, yeah.
0: That's
1: you know what I mean? Mm, mm,
0: mm.
1: So, this was my inspiration. So, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to continue doing. I actually did nothing different when I was pregnant. I just continued doing all the things I was mm. doing before and I'm doing after. But um, I just said, okay, I'm just going to challenge myself, like, you know, and continue doing all the things. Let's see. Yeah, how we can yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. So th- the article was all about this.
0: And the article was amazing to treat it like from that view of, hey, I'm a normal person. Yeah. I'm pregnant <laughs> and I can uh, take on all these projects. Yeah.
1: And the second article that came out a couple of weeks ago, actually mm-hmm. in July was about, it's, it's, it's mostly a follow-up to this. So the second article is about succeeding in the fourth trimester. Right, because yep. a lot of times you have three it's trimesters. The hardest have
0: trimester.
1: <laughs> exactly, right. Because <laughs> even though you don't have the baby inside you, there is just so much changing around you physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Right. It's hard. Right. For me, leaving my baby home and coming to work on the first day is one of the hardest things I had to do. Yeah. Right. And so this is about that. This is about what companies can do to support mm-hmm. moms in tech. This was about what you can do to support yourself. You know, it was all about that. That's yeah. amazing.
0: It's amazing, and I think you are very like um, into the diversity and inclusion, and that that it's not only women in tech. It's also pregnant moms, yeah. um, disability. I remember you were uh, you were a winner of the hackathon, in yeah. two thousand and fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah.
1: About understand? accessibility,
0: right? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, I'm, jump, I'm trying to jump, take all the time that I have <laughs> to try to make run. a picture of everything Vidya has been, <laughs> has been doing and is, is doing right now. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the accessibility part and the hackathon you've done, and mm-hmm. uh, tell us why, why do you like hacking and why, why, is, why hacking is good? Why,
1: why hackathon? Yeah, hackathon for me is no different than what I do on my day, on, as a part of my daily job. It's basically you're building products. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Right. It's just instead of doing it over the course of two or three sprints, or you're just doing it in the span of twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Which right? is not easy. Which <laughs> is not easy, but it comes with their own set of challenges. But it's beautiful to see your ideas just translate into something tangible in in a day or two. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think, learned all about the hackathon culture when I was a part of Yammer, oh. because Yammer was a Silicon Star- is a Silicon Valley startup. They are big on hackathons. So when we were a part of the AMR team, we used to have a hackathon every quarter.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So and
1: then when our new CEO Satya Adla, took office, mm-hmm. he said, let's do a company-wide hackathon. So I was like, yes, I am going to go do this. right? But I didn't know where to start, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously right? right? It's a big company. Yeah. So I always wanted to do something in the accessibility and in the inclusive design space. Mm-hmm. You know, I am passionate about HCI. Uh, and as part of my daily job, I do we do make SharePoint accessible, but I don't work on uh, exclusive accessibility problems mm-hmm. or uh, issues that people face. So I was just looking at the hackathon website, and there was this one project uh, which was led by Jenny, who is now our chief accessibility officer. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So back then, she was leading a project that said, "Let's do something with eye gaze and ALS." Mm-hmm. You know, it was very like it had no one-line statement. Like, it was just like super vague at that point. Yeah. But that inter- interested me, so I got in touch with Jenny, and she's like, "Game on, have fun!" Right. So that's why we started. This team was had people from all over the company, uh, about twenty-five of us, and the challenge we were given by Steve Gleason, who is a former NFL superstar and uh, now a person with ALS, and he's a uh, he's one of the biggest faces for. Advocating for people with ALS, mm-hmm. he told us, "Help me drive my wheelchair with just my eyes. Yeah. I don't want somebody to push my wheelchair for me. Help me drive it mm-hmm. by myself. I want to be independent, which is independence is essential for all of us. It is right. So that's what Hackathon Project is all about. It's about empowering people to drive their wheelchair just using their eyes. So that's I amazing. I learned so much. Like I didn't know much about ALS then, but as a part of this." Project, I learned so much about ALS. I met people with ALS. I learned about the technology, right? Mm. I learned about eye tracking technology. And, Mm. you know, it made me so happy to realize that the latest Windows 10 update about where Windows 10 supports eye tracking natively was Mm. inspired by this project. Nice. So uh, we won the hackathon. We presented our roadmap to our CEO. He funded a small team in Microsoft Research that will take this to the market nice. and here we are in the market.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great, great story end-to-end end of how it started, how it ends yeah. and how it's going to help yeah. people. Real, real people. Yeah, that's right? amazing.
1: and every year I participate in hackathons, except last year because I was busy giving birth to baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but every year I try to work on a hack project that has to do with taking technology and doing good with it. Mm-hmm. So in the hack for good tech for good space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked on another project called the emotion band which helps people with PTSD and depression substance mm-hmm. abuse you know communicate their emotions securely and privately. Nice. Because a lot of times it's about communicating their emotions at the right time with the right person mm. that can make all the difference. Right
0: right right, right yeah yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. These are amazing spaces. I, I really appreciate all Thank of Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We're going to jump to Grace Hopper. Okay, yes. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Yes. Grace Hopper is coming up. Yes. What's the date?
1: October 4, 5,
0: 6. Okay. Uh, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Orlando, Florida. <laughs> nice. I, I was not able to get a ticket. I was like, oh man, refreshing the whole morning. It's
1: so big. I was told it got sold in seconds. Seconds, I was
0: refreshing the whole morning, and I was not able to get a ticket. So I'm leaning like this, sure. this conference is huge. Yeah. So tell us how, how all this started. I think you started speaking at the conference. Did you attend before just speaking? How, how, what is the story of Grace Hopper So for you?
1: I've always wanted to attend Grace Hopper, but when I was a student, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, it is
0: expensive. It was very expensive. It is.
1: Right? So when I joined Microsoft, uh, I asked my manager uh, if I can go to Grace Hopper, and he said, yeah. You just on Microsoft, and he so said, "Yeah, you can go." Back then, it was only—it was not this crazy. Yeah, yet. it was not. It was at attended place. by the first year I went five years ago. It was attended by four thousand people. Yeah, that's no. the same. and you <laughs> could you could get tickets even in the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? different. This year they're expecting eighteen thousand people. Yeah, that's it's huge. Right, so exponential growth. So I went there the first year, and I wanted to like get a. I mean, I read more about how to get the best experience. They said mm. try volunteering you know because you are now a part of the conference so i right. volunteered to uh, take notes for them for because okay. you know, not everybody can make it to grace hopper so they write notes of all the sessions and publish in publish it in the grace hopper wiki mm-hmm. so that everyone can get the benefits of all the sessions right right so i did that and then um, then i attended different sessions and i saw people speaking and i was inspired you know i was like okay uh, well looks like i can i also have something to offer um, let me use this as a platform mm-hmm. and that was a time when I was also dealing with some confidence issues at work because here I was, like, new grad with zero experience mm. in the tech sector. Uh, I was scared to, you know, express my thoughts, voice my opinions. You know, I was often the person who was p- more comfortable communicating over email mm. than in person, right? So I thought I read about what is one way to build confidence, and uh, the, the internet god said public speaking, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, Grace Hopper inspired. Public speaking. Let me try that. Okay. And what was your first speak then? Inclusive design. Nice. So that the was next like year with
0: the hackathon. Or? No, this, is this was great This was in
1: twenty thirteen. This was even before the hackathon. Okay. I was always passionate about universal design, and you know all of that. So, um, so I just applied. Next year I thought, okay, why not? Let me just apply for proposal. Like for Grace Hopper, you have to write a proper. Yeah. Proposal just yeah. like any tech conference, yeah. it'll be blind reviewed by three reviewers, and it'll be you know it'll go through the typical review process. And the next year, I, my proposal was accepted, so I Yay. spoke in the Student Opportunity Lab, which was basically you address students, right? I said that I felt that was a safe zone to start with. Yeah. So, 2013, I started, and then I was also taking notes, volunteering, and then one friend of mine whom I met at Grace Hopper pulled me into the conference leadership committee. Nice. So next year, she was chairing the open source day track, and she was like, you seem to have uh, good communication skills and collaboration skills, don't uh, you join the committee, and I was like, okay. So 2014, um, I was a part of the conference leadership as a part of the uh, open source day track. 2015, I chaired the track, Nice. Uh, You know, in twenty sixteen, I shared the Student Opportunity Lab track because I was one of the early speakers there. Right, right. And this year, I'm sharing the Human-Computer Interaction track, which is very dear to my heart. Nice. Yeah.
0: So I have a weird question. How do you speak about a subject that you don't? It's not your work, right? So how do you? How do you make? How? What is the process of like? Uh, getting to know that subject and, and maybe becoming a little expert about it before speaking. how do you how do you go into that like phase? because it always fascinates me that people like speak about a lot of subjects. How do they become like experts about all of these subjects at the same time?
1: You read a lot about it and you do you start doing like I think you just do it mm. right? Like I was I have always been passionate about designing inclusive design because right. I got an interest and I started reading all about it right from grad school. So this was not an alien subject to me. Mm-mm. Right? And I mostly speak about subjects that I it has to do something with it has to do with me, honestly. Mm-mm. But you read a lot. Like now I'm ramping up on, you know, uh, the next wave of technology like augmented reality, mixed reality, that seems to be the best word everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you just read a lot about it. You follow companies that are doing good work in it. Mm-mm. Right. I I subscribe to almost like so many different news outlets that so anytime there's any article tagged with any of these keywords it comes up and I read about it. The more mm-hmm. you read, the more you know. Right. And then you also get your hands dirty, like you you do it, right? Yeah, you start yeah. designing, you uh, take online courses. Like if you're really interested, that's the thing. If you're really interested, I think you'll find there's just so many resources out there, you'll find enough avenues to like, you know, at least get to a state where you know things better than what you knew before. I think what's
0: fascinating is the having the confidence of yeah about the subject yeah.
1: and you need to invest time I mean yeah. you're not gonna get anything and you cannot really speak like if I if you give me your deck your presentation I can't speak about yeah, it of course, it's gonna yeah. be so fake yeah right it's not gonna be authentic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I cannot bring in my experiences right most of the talks that I give they involve storytelling yeah. I sing too in my talks that's <laughs> yeah because that's I was figuring out what is a good icebreaker for me okay. like I once saw at Grace Hopper I once saw this person came and danced wow for like two seconds but everybody was like did you just <laughs> dance that broke the ice. so i was like huh what can i do to break the ice?" i'm like i can sing so every session i speak i i sing you start by singing right away yeah or do you say hi and no then you, you i take the mic i get on stage i sing and everybody for a second is like what's going Wait, on what is she doing <laughs> and then when i know that when i know that i've gotten the attention of the full house that's when i stop and i start speaking
0: wow that's so, so nice That's my strategy yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect strategy. But yeah. not everyone
1: can do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, do you get like w- weird questions about the singing or? I actually how uh, people uh, react to this. They
1: love it. Like if you actually uh, go to my Twitter feed and see, more people are like, "Why didn't you sing the other song?" Like (laughs) I loved your singing. I'm like, "What about my speaking?" Like yeah, that too. But I loved (laughs) your singing more. (laughs) You know? I don't. I don't get. In fact, I think people appreciate that. People like that because it's a it's a different thing, right? And I mostly sing songs that have to do with the talk. I try to. Mm -hmm. A couple of times, I just sang "Hello" by Adele because it was "Hello." Hi, right. <laughs> okay, and nice. I gave. I was one of the keynote speakers at you know a couple of weeks ago at Microsoft Bring Your Kids to Work Day. Yeah, and I sang the fight song because it was all about, you know, doing what you're loving and getting out of your comfort zone. Nice, and that was
0: a huge. I saw the picture. That's a lot of people. Oh, it's, that was, so I think you build your confidence. No, yeah. you don't have any problem with <laughs> no, singing. <laughs> I, I still
1: have my <laughs> moments, but I think, like I said before, you know, like I said, the skills translate. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that my mom put me on stage to sing from when I was three years old. Mm. I gave my first solo concert when I was six. Wow. So I've, I've just been very comfortable with stage, holding a mic, sound checks. I've just been very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I've also given a couple of TV show TV programs back in India. Nice. So cameras and stage doesn't intimidate me mm-hmm. much. You That's know? amazing, and today you're
0: also a professional singer here in the US, right?
1: I am. Like I sing with uh, Seattle. Fortunately, has a very vibrant music community. And there are a lot of Indian bands, super talented, super talented. So I sing with a couple of bands, uh, both in my mother tongue, which is Tamil, mm-hmm. and also in Hindi, which is a more prevalent. Yeah, language these are two in different Indi- languages. Correct. In, wow, Correct. nice. So I can sing in f- I can sing in four languages because <laughs> I'm from India. It's a common <laughs> thing. It's not a big thing That's in amazing. India. So uh, I can appreciate different types of music. So I sing with a couple of bands here and all the bands partner with a non-profit organization and mm. we raise funds. So my latest show was in January where we did three back-to-back shows in two languages Wow! and raised about $70,000. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Wow, yeah. Uh, I am really impressed. <laughs> yeah, and
1: w- what I really love about the music part is, you get to meet with so many like-minded people, you get to build your family here right. Right? and you all already have a common theme which is music. Yeah, 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 right, right. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about work-life balance yeah. or life in general. Yeah, <laughs> with the baby now, y- you have these singing shows, you have this committee on Grace Hopper, um, you have your job, obviously, and a baby, and I mean there are so many things. So how do you, how do you do it? And maybe what's your advice of juggling or time, prepa- time? How do you manage your time? Time management, I guess, is the biggest, uh, mm-hmm. biggest question here mm-hmm. I have. I am
1: by no means the expert just yet. My baby is just one. She just turned one. That's so one year of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning too because uh, this is an ongoing learning process. Because you know, with a kid, no two days are the same.
0: Yeah. and n- What works today does not work tomorrow. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? So what I learned so far is two things. One is uh, prioritize things very carefully. I Prioritize my calendar. I manage my calendar um, very well. So my husband and my my calendar, right? So mm-hmm. when I have a speaking event, I make sure there is nothing two days before and after that, or mm-hmm. mostly before that, because I need time to prepare. Right. I need time to rehearse and all of that. If there is a speaking a singing event, uh, every concert we start rehearsing months in advance. Yeah, it's huge. For the January show, we started rehearsing in October. So I made sure I did not have any major commitments from October through January, because I knew this was my big commitment. All the weekends were gone for the practice.
0: Wow.
1: Right? And so we manage our calendars very well. And uh, I think I've also gotten comfortable uh, to say no. Yeah. Right? Because as much as I wish I did everything, all the opportunities that came my way, I think I've gotten comfortable uh, to figure out, does this make sense for me? Does it make sense for them to have me over there right, both right. ways. is it right a
0: fit or not? Yeah, yeah, does it
1: fit well with what I'm doing or not, right? Mm-mm-mm. So there's that. And um, secondly, um, I think uh, having a good support system, my husband is he's my he's my rock. He's my pillar. Nice. He um, I've never heard him say once of not to do anything. He's always a person who is like, do it, you should do it. you should do it. right nice. And he's there for me to act as a sounding board. He's there for me to give advice, he's there for me to criticize me at the same time. Yeah. Right? One well, sometimes when I show him the script, he's like, No, you can do better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks. You know. But those helps. But yeah, but get, that's having a person it. who can give you an honest feedback. Yeah. And he's also in tech. So that is a win-win. Yeah, you can have a cohesive conversation. Exactly, (laughs) right? So I think having a really good support system, I'm also very fortunate to have both our parents, like my parents as well as my husband's parents, come and help us with the baby for the first year. So that was really comforting. That was really helpful. A, to a large extent. Mm-mm-mm. So uh, these two worked out well. I make a lot of lists too, if that helps. I mean, <laughs> Wonderlist so is my is, is the one app that I open multiple times a day. <laughs> um, I I list down everything. If it's not on Wonderlist, it'll probably not get done.
0: So how do you manage Wonderlist? Because I have Wonderlist. I started doing it and then I stopped. So there's folders. I have folders everywhere and lists. So many lists. Mm-hmm. So.
1: It's not easy. It is not Doing easy. Doing lists is not easy. You you have to have an architecture. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> and so hierarchy. What, what's
0: what's your architecture? Mine all is the advice uh, well, of well management.
1: <laughs> yeah, we I have my own lists, my husband has his own lists for work stuff. Okay. We have common lists for baby, for groceries for house stuff that needs to get done. If you're going on a travel then, we have lists that even says what to pack for the travel so that we don't have to think every time. Right. Automated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Automated <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Right? Okay. So we make lists for most things. So if, and we set deadlines and we assign it to one of us. <laughs> okay. For real, like if gardening <laughs> needs to get done, then this is a deadline and it's assigned to this person. And whoever it's assigned to need to get needs to get done. Okay. And we set reminders so that it <laughs> reminds us at the right time okay so yeah it is so like shared wonder
0: list thing. yeah okay yeah. nice yeah yeah i mean i guess it's a project management it, it <laughs>
1: kind of is <laughs> to the house right yeah it yeah. kind of is like even groceries right like I think once you do it it becomes very easy now we just search and we uncheck the things that need to get purchased you don't yeah. have to do it over and over right, right that's what i like about this because once it is there it is there yeah
0: yeah, yeah. right okay okay so we're a little bit over time but I want because I mean it's so my, your personality I can't so believe interesting it's been that long. right your personality is so interesting and I love speaking with you like uh, until the end of time that's fine let's let us end by advices okay um, you gave you gave us a lot of insights it's so inspiring now if we have to go out of this interview with three top three advices what would they be for,
1: for women in tech, for whom? Who's, who's the audience that you want to target? Who's the, audience the show is for women in tech, women in tech and uh, people who are aspiring to get in tech? Um, and also actually, <laughs>
0: so um, on Channel 9 we have a lot of men Okay. Um, audience. I mean, pe- a lot of people who come to Channel 9 are a male rather than female. So this show is also to show up. Um, into these audience that, hey, there is also women that are amazing in tech. Yeah. So it's, it's for women in tech to get inspired, um, to break the ice, and also for men in tech uh, to prove that uh, there are amazing women out
1: there. Yeah. Well, that is hard, uh, but let me think. One would be, um, the easiest one would be, diversity and inclusion is important. It is not a buzzword. It is not a thing that pe- women just talk about. It's not a thing that feminists use to. <laughs> no, there's just a lot of wrong perception about the whole concept of diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the fundamental level, it's diversity and inclusion is important in every field, not just tech. Yes. From fashion to media to entertainment to tech to mining, like it's important in every field. Mm-hmm. And diversity and inclusion goes much beyond men and women. Yeah, I was at an event where I learned gender is not binary it's a spectrum yep right it, it is a spectrum it and is. it's and it's it's a learning process to understand all of it so it's important and I think we as citizens of this community I think it's it's a responsibility to make sure that we are supportive of each other we help each other thrive and we're not hostile to anybody consciously or unconsciously yeah 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 that's mm-hmm. when all the biases kick in. So that's important. Okay. That would be one. The second one would be um, going back to what I said before, which is um, whomever you are, whatever your responsibility is, age or experience or background, uh, have nothing to do with dreaming big. Yeah. Right. A lot of times we self-silo ourselves by saying, oh, but I can't speak as well as that person does, so maybe I can't Become the next, yeah, fill in the blank of that company or whatever it is, right? They don't have anything to do with dreaming big and chasing your dreams, right? I think I've been fortunate to have a lot of role models here at Microsoft and in the tech space, so that that made me realize that that is true, right? Mm-hmm. And the third one is um, stop assuming and start asking. Yeah, uh, that helped me a lot. It it, it was hard. Because it's so easy to assume what we know, yeah, yeah. but we fail to realize that we don't know what we don't know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually had to practice this to stop assuming and start asking when in doubt, and that really helped me break so many misconceptions and helped me generate so many more ideas. It helps
0: work too when exactly. we assume something about our users that yeah. it's not true.
1: Yeah, right. You know. And and this is true for people. Places, things, items, like everything. Yeah. Yep. Right. So stop assuming and start asking. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Thank Vidya you. for Beyond and Gals. This is amazing. Um, I'll, key, I'll put all the links to the articles yes. and your website and your Twitter and everything about Vidya in the description. You guys were also on iTunes, so if you like to hear the, I'll put also the iTunes link in the description, so you can start. Other, I mean, if people don't want to watch, they can hear in the car. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks Vidya for being on. Thank guys. you so much for having Thank me. Thank you everybody. Bye. Bye.